Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dashes. We here for a great another episode. We have a wonderful guest. Uh, her name is Genevieve Angelique Bienname. She's born in Boston, <laughs> Cambridge, raised first generation Haitian American creative entrepreneur, cu- curator, and culture and connector. These these are my words. She's gonna have a chance to introduce herself. But um, let's um, take a moment to appreciate our sponsors. Do you want to maximize the value of your commercial property and achieve optimal productivity and efficiency in your day-to-day business operations? That's where Dacia's Facilities Management can help. DFM offers Boston area businesses help in key areas like building and preventive maintenance, handyman services, project and vendor management, and even security consulting at competitive rates. Call Dacia's Facilities Management now at 617-237-0106 or visit daciasfm.com today. Hey, this is Dacia's Facilities Management. Call them now, 617-237-0106 or go online at daciasfm.com. So like we promised, we have a wonderful guest. Um, this is Genevieve. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great and excited, very excited because this is a, this is somebody I've been waiting to interview for a long time, but she finally here. Um, let's go with Divine Purpose Podcast. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader? Or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. All right. So like we we always start this um, this podcast with like simple question. What can you tell us about you today? (laughs) Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. I know it's been a while (laughs) with you trying to get me on the show, but, you know, life. But anyway, my name is Genevieve um, Bienemy. Um, I am a first generation Haitian American, born in Boston, raised in Cambridge. Um, I've had some truly unique experiences in different um, black spaces and it's my calling to create community. um, And I choose to do that um, in the black community. I'm the founder, CEO. I call myself the chief curator of vibes at the other vibe, um, which is my baby, my business, my brand. Um, It started as a resource for Mm. other people in the community and eventually ballooned into a business that I'm still working on. Um, I'm six years in. It's been. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. Very interesting journey. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, a couple of different rebrands, a recent rebrand. But that's me in a nutshell. I'm a creative entrepreneur. I'm a connector. And I I'm, I bring the vibes. I am a vibe. <laughs> oh, yeah. So and, and, and I agree with you because ups and down when you get a business it's it's the norm right things that we're branding because you you are passionate and you want to make sure you get to your goals 
can you share what are the most uh, the three most challenging in your life um and how did they challenge you um you mean the three most challenges i have with the business or just yeah you can combine life business okay um, education professional sure. career um i think for me those challenges i would start with the first one being um, honestly knowing what it is that I'm supposed to be doing like what mm. is my purpose um, really just trying to navigate that I feel like I've spent a lot of my life um, trying out different things I am someone yeah. that will I people think I do a lot but really what it is is I try something out you know I pick it up it, it doesn't work for me or it does and maybe I put it down because I don't like it or I decide I don't really want to do that um, but trying to figure out what it is I want to do um Two, I would say managing myself, um, you know, just having to balance life, responsibilities, yeah. um, and a business, especially when you're a business owner or an entrepreneur. I think that's really difficult. Um, I honestly would say my third challenge, probably the biggest one for me, um, I've always, since I was young, I couldn't tell you what I'd be doing or how I do it, but I just I was envisioned a certain type of life for myself. Yeah. And then as I've gotten older and, um, you know, some of my giftings, like one thing, you know, I have a very strong faith in God. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, um, I'm a dreamer. I have a lot of dreams. I, I literally dream things. Sometimes people are like, how did you know to do something? And really, it's not that. I thought about it or I knew to do it. I just saw myself doing it. Wow. I'm like, it's a, it's like a clue, you know? So like, okay, let me, let me try this out. Let me see if this works. But, um, you know, I, I've been blessed to have seen some of the things that I know God has in store for me. So yeah. I would say the biggest struggle is being like in my present and then trying to figure out how do I get to that? To that, yeah. Yeah, like just that interim, so. And, and, and I can relate to it because there's like this patience. You need to have that patience. It's like you're in the road and up there saying, yeah, like five miles. That's yeah. your next stop. And then you can't wait to get there. But how do you stay mo- mo- motivated? How do you stay focus or do you keep going sometimes you mention ups and down but what's your routine to keep going that's a really great question i don't know what my routine is i just know that for me there's just certain things i'm just a believer if there is something that you are called to do you as much as you might try to walk away from it or you might try to ignore it or you try to do your own thing there one i think deep down you you never really have a sense of peace about it and then two at least for me god will orchestrate things and situations and provide revelations that kind of shift me back into that you know and so I don't know if it's something you can learn, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know because I'm not one of those people that plans out five, ten years out. I'm kind okay. of more like wing it. Wing but it. at the same time, I am very intuitive. Um, yeah. I 
You know, when I, as I've grown, I trust it more. When I was younger, I didn't, you know, you don't trust it because you're supposed to, you're taught to, you know, yeah. in this world, you believe what you can see and what you can touch. But I've always had like a gut feeling like I think this could work. And I'm, I'm more inclined to trust my gut than anything else. So let, let's take a peek in your, in your path, your upbringing. So how was it growing up in, in your household? How was it? What was the dynamic? <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that, huh? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's interesting. I I in my bio I mentioned I'm first generation. Yeah, and I think it's important for me to mention that because when you are first generation, I don't care what background you come from. When you are yeah. first generation, anything in this country, especially to parents who don't speak the language or didn't grow up here. Yeah. A very unique experience. Mm. Um, and it's different from people who was born in another country and then moved here at a, a different age. It's different yeah. from people who, you know, they might, for instance, they might be Haitian, but their parents are Haitian American. So their parents grew up here. When you are first generation, it's a very <laughs> unique experience because you are always, you are always walking in between two cultures. Two, that you yes. You know, let's let, let's let's go a little bit further in this because this is a big, and we 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 I don't know if you saw Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever. So there's like um, a spoiler alert that there's like some scene about Haiti, all yeah. that. You know, everybody's excited. But what you said is a lot make a lot of sense because. I have guests. They said, "Okay, at my house, I'm Haitian, but anywhere else, I have to be what black American Haitian." You know, they cannot put themselves in a right. in a category. Or was it for you? If you, if you, if you kind to go deeper on that and explain to our audience, it's the same thing. Um, at home, you're Haitian, but you're really not Haitian because you're you're you know you're American. But, yeah, you're you know how they say in Creole, they'll be like, make it <laughs> you know, they're this, they're that. They're not really Haitian, and then yeah. you still have to like subscribe to the culture. And then when you at school or you in other you know areas, um, <clears throat> in other facets of your life, you're you know you're Haitian. You're not yeah. American enough. You know your your name is different. Your food is different. I can't do some of the things, you know, that other kids, parents allow them to do. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, I've had some very unique black experiences. And I, as I get older, I realize, you know, I've, because I'm first generation Haitian American, I also, I was born in Boston, but I grew up in Cambridge and Cambridge in itself is a very unique. Unique. Experience. Yes. A lot of history. Like, yeah. You won't get it if you didn't grow up in it, you know? And then on top of that, I went to, I went to an HBCU for undergrad. Um, mm. So I got, I was like fully immersed in like black American culture. So yeah. I realized, oh, you really not as black American as you think you are. Cause you know, some of the values and the mindsets are different. And so I've had all these different experiences. Like I've navigated all of these different places that I didn't necessarily fit in. Yeah. But back to your question about, you know, what it's like, it's like, you know, there's the pressures of, you know, you kind of grow up a little faster, you know? Um, wow. Wow. 
oldest in my household. I'm not the oldest, but I was the oldest in the household. So a lot of that looked like for me, you know, my mom didn't really speak English. You know, you know how it is. They understand yes. more than they can speak, but I'm yeah. translating. Yes. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm seven, I'm eight, and I'm translating. I'm talking to teachers. I'm, you know, we going to different places and you're wow. talking to adults. I, yeah. you know, um, I actually, I have Lance disease as a kid. So one of my legs is longer than the other. So yeah. I spent a good chunk of, um, you know, like fifth, like fifth grade through like really through high school, having to see an orthopedic doctor. I had two okay. surgeries after sixth grade and then one after seventh grade. My mom, you know, this is before they had translators available. Yeah, so I'm wow. there talking to doctors and I'm talking to nurses and I'm as a kid and I'm the one communicating. Communicating. Explain so you you learn you grow up a little faster you you kind of have to you learn to anticipate you know because I gotta know my mom's gonna look at me like what's going on I have to know before she asks me you and know? They, they get upset if they something <laughs> even even you like they shoot the mis- messenger you know right so even if you just saying what they said but they yeah. think it's you and I, I I feel like what you said make, make a lot of sense and we're gonna move. Um, with another question but I, I think this is so important for our audience we have Asian we have like a lot of people listening where they they can relate to what you said and I will say maybe 70% of my guests they said it was a typical Haitian household they call it this mm-hmm. but you bring something else where you're saying you had to grow a, a little bit faster because you you have to translate. You have to know other things you probably shouldn't not shouldn't but didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. Looking at this, how do you looking at looking back at it? So, did you think those were like good experience or they were just natural experience? Um, I mean, I just think it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there, I there's, I think there's pros and cons. Yes. But I will say, I think the the pros of it are that you know, I I think that's where my drive comes from. You know, mm. I think, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, your parents. As I've gotten older and I'm doing my own internal work and I'm, you know, healing myself from certain things. You know, I had I've been able to look at my parents and look at my environment a lot differently and realize, you know, um, you know, they're they were in survival mode, you know, yeah. so certain things, you know, that wasn't right or, you know, you wish it was different. But I, I, I also understand that my parents you know they did the best with what they had and if yes. I and you know if I do say so myself I think they did an amazing job you know yes because, I agree you know in one generation my parents you know and they're they're from Haiti but they're not from like the capital they're from rural Haiti but, you know okay. you already you know Mundia. yeah yeah so they're not even you know what I mean and I think even in just one generation what you know, the leaps and bounds we've managed to accomplish and not just educationally, but I just think as people, well-rounded people, yes. I think they did a really great job. Um, but I do think, you know, a lot of those things when people, 
you're kind of ahead. Sometimes your struggles, you know, it. you look and you're like, no one struggles like me or I have to do certain things that other people don't have to do. But it does kind of set you apart. It gives you a skill set that other people don't have. You learn yes. that people might, you know, they're later in age and, you know, that's something yeah. you know, so yeah. it's like, so, you know, in different ways, like when people are like, you know, it's easy for me to talk to people. I don't have like a fear of people. Yeah. I don't wow. People. Like I was eight years old having to talk to the doctor, <laughs> tell the doctor, you know, and I wasn't like afraid, you know, cause I was that kid. I was smart, you know, so you, you couldn't just poke me with something. What is that? Why are we doing it? Like, you know, I need to understand for myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think also, too, I, you know, I say to my siblings, like, you know, we were really lucky to we were really blessed, I should say, to, um, you know, grow up in the States because I, I look and see, you know, because I had two cultures to compare and contrast. It's like, yeah. you know, certain things I don't like about this culture, because based off my experience in this other culture, you know, we could do yeah. it differently. We have to be like that. But then it can be a better version. Right. The, yeah. Right. And so because I had. I had some I had two things to compare and contrast I could think about things so my my mom would say certain things and I'd be like that that don't make no sense <laughs> you know so <laughs> I wouldn't be like disrespectful but in my where you where you a I was never I was never that person but I was very direct that's the American culture too it is like, the American culture kids they said things the way they they see it yeah but in age you have to be polite you know right but and i think that's that's uh, that's the perfect example yeah what do you have a favorite childhood memory you want to share with us today oh, favorite childhood memory yeah um so my dad growing up was a cab driver yeah <laughs> So I just remember him like pulling up and picking us up or dropping us off at school in his cab, like his Boston cab. Yeah. And it's like looking back, I'm like, it's super Haitian. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was like our dad, you know, and he, you know, my dad also is very intelligent. You know, he speaks, uh, I think, four languages and he's yes. like self-taught, you know, and so it makes you you know it, appreciate my mom, yeah my mom has this saying that my mom you know Haitians always have these sayings like <laughs> one cool like, them, yeah give one ki get cool you get shen and then give one ki get shen you get cool, cool yeah yeah and I and you know I look at my parents and I'm just like all they didn't have was opportunity yes so for me I think that's always been a driving factor like you know, you don't waste opportunities. You got to take advantage. So, and my mom, my parents, you know, Haitians are very resourceful. Like yes. we are, yeah. I feel like we're the most resourceful people. So <laughs> there's things that, you know, I'll go through certain situations and I'll be talking to my friends and they'll be like, I would have never thought to do that. But in my head, it's like, it just clicks like, okay, yeah. we got to assess where we are. And then we just got to figure out what we got to do next. Def- to get yeah. going, you know, but yeah. So, which of your accomplishment you you are the proudest? Um, to be honest, I feel like I haven't even really done anything yet, you know. But I'm learning to, um, you know, appreciate 
where I'm at and the things I've done. I am very proud of my business, um, you know, the other vibe. And I'm proud of it because, um, you know, like I said, I didn't I didn't start it as a business. I didn't go mm. into it thinking, oh, I'm going to do ABC. It was like there was I, people would say, you know, you know, there's nothing to do in Boston. I have a hard time connecting. And for me, it was like, I'm like, mm, you know, it's not like other cities because, you know, I went to school in D.C. So I yeah. had that experience. But I'm like, there are things to do. People just don't know where to find it. And I think that's where the resourcefulness comes in, you know, yeah. and I also I'll go somewhere by myself i'll try something out by myself like i don't i've never waited on other people to do something yeah um so i started off that way and i had a really great reception and you know it just started it just continued to grow and grow and grow and i mentioned a lot of ups and downs and part of those lows were you know when you're i won't say i wasn't intentional i just didn't realize what i was doing like i was just doing something you know, innately, like it was just intuitive for me to do this, to create this thing. So I was just being creative. But a lot of times you have people that will, you know, you're looking at other people and you're seeing other people create or birth something. Yeah. And, um, you know, you want resources, you want advice, you want information, but I would get a lot of rejection. So, or mm. people would, you know, I, you know, I, I would apply for programs because technically, you know, my thing didn't have a service aspect to it or it didn't make sense to the people I got knows. You know, I remember I had, um, she was somewhat of a mentor, like short term, but she has, she was someone that had been in a lot of these different, like really well-known, like entrepreneurial programs. And, yeah. and I remember she pretty much told me like, you know, it's not really going to make any money. You should probably, you're probably wasting your time. Da, 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 da. Mm. And I was really struggling. I mean, I was really wrestling with just walking away, but I couldn't, but I would like, you know, this thing I do, I go to sleep. That's what I'm thinking about when I wake up. It's the first yeah. Thing it's hard to give up. Yeah. And, you know, but I went a couple of months and I just, you know, I, I put it down um, and I have put this thing down and picked it back up a couple of times, you know, uh, against better judgment, against advice. And, um, but I'm really just proud of myself. Back to that point when I wanted to put it down the first time when I did, I literally, I have a specific memory of waking up in the middle of the night. And sometimes it's like, it's like God's really talking to me like a parent. And I remember, I heard him say, you know, why would you walk away from something you built? You know, and I was mm. like, I was like, that's true. And I still kind of didn't do anything with it. It was like something else had to happen months later that kind of made me like get it together. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was amazing because that was 2019. And then 2020 is when um, I started selling merch. And that was the first time that I, I started being able to generate income. Wow. You know, but I think about wow, if I have if I would have given up at that point, you know, um, I would have never gotten to this point, you know, and and then like even me moving, you know, when I I decided last year, July, you know, I felt like a lot of things in my life was just not in alignment and um yeah. 
I had like a specific situation that happened, then I may be like, okay, let me let me go talk to God. Let me go fast because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, and then you know, I felt like He was telling me on the fast, like the reason why you know you going through all these different things because you, you're not. This is not where you're supposed to be. And I, mm. you know, I felt like He was telling me to. I, I not telling me like I needed. To, I'm supposed to be in Houston, and I've I've never um never been here before. So that's that's the weird thing. Like, wow. I've never visited. I don't know anybody here. I don't have family here. And that was July. So, but I've also, I have a lot of faith. So when he said that, I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to Houston. And I started making my plans and um, I picked the day after my birthday. So I moved here uh, November 8th of last year. Like I was able to get an apartment, sight unseen. But you know, as I started moving in faith, I, everything started to line up, you know? Line up, yeah. You know, and then, you know, a lot of people, you know, and they meant well. It was just like, you know, what about the other Boston? What about this? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm, But I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. I I can't tell you what's supposed to happen over here, but I guess I'll figure it out. And that's always been my mentality. Like, I'll figure it out. Um, But to be on the, the cover of the globe about my move to Houston, I think that's so wild. Like... Yeah, for me to leave, you know, and just the timing of everything, like the rebranding, because I didn't know it was coming out. Like, mm. art, the writer didn't really know either. So, um, let, let, let's talk about the other vibe. Let's talk about it in terms of um, this is your website, right? So, because I, I think that's why I like to say to my audience and. I didn't know that's where you're going to take us, you know? So you, you the driver, right? You take me. So let's talk about the other vibe. People in Boston, what they, they kind of get a glimpse of what started it, but what is it about? So eventually it started, you know, I, I heard a lot of people just talking about, you know, Boston's whack. There's nothing to do, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was pretty much black people because, you know, the city is very hard to navigate in different ways. And, but I always felt like, you know, there are things happening. It's just that because of the way Boston, the infrastructure here, it can be really hard to tap into a different like community if you don't mm. know what's happening like people just it's word of mouth or you just have to know people and if you don't know anybody especially if you're not someone from here or if you just have a certain circle that you run in it can be really difficult so I was like I'm just gonna sit on Eventbrite in Facebook and I'm just gonna find events and I'm just gonna put a list together and just like a Monday through Sunday every week and just do that and see what happens and I did the first one and that was in 2016 and um, it kind of took off that, you know, and when you, you do something, you don't know what's going to happen with it. And then you get reception, you get feed, you get good reception. I got good reception. I got feedback and I was like, okay, you keep doing it and then you improve it and then you add, you take away. Um, but eventually, yeah, it's a weekly events list, you know, that I was just putting together. I created the website. Um, I had a couple of different websites, but you would just go on the website. Yeah. If you click on one, it'll just have events that are happening. And then I'd hyperlink it. I tell you how much it costs, like the things that are important to me. I want to know when is it, how much it costs, what time is it starting, you know, trying to make it easy for people. Mm -hmm. And um, it just continued to grow. And then eventually it was like, you're on social media. Then it's like, you know, if I get it, you know, it's important. If you have a business, you need to have, 
have some type of email marketing. Like a lot of people rely on social media, but like social media yeah. goes down all the time, you know? So if everything lives on social media and you have no way to contact people, that's, yeah, it's kind of a yeah. So I was building this email funnel. I was sending out emails, you know, I was trying to be consistent sometimes, you know, you struggle with that. But I was just curating this audience of people, you know? So when people, you know, circle back and they ask me about the merch and, you know, how did I manage to sell t-shirts? It's like, what I didn't realize I was doing was I already had a built-in audience to sell merch to because I already mm. was, you know, I was already providing content and information that was driving people to the site or causing them to sign up. Um, so essentially, yeah, it's a resource. It's a place like if you're looking to just tap into the black community, the events, you know, I'm a very inclusive, you know, everybody's welcome, but I am very clear that my focus is black people and just building communities, especially in places like Boston, where it can be really difficult to navigate. And so I list events that are happening by black organizers that are geared to a black audience are happening in black communities, you know, and so that's what I do. And with me moving to Houston, I knew I wanted to pick it back up and I wanted to, you know, I'm here now, so it kind of yeah. makes sense to do Houston as well. Um, so I, I was like, okay, you need to change the name because I, I can't keep doing the other Boston, the other this, other that. <laughs> so we need an all-inclusive name. Yeah. If I have to change it later, I will. I'm not afraid to do that. I rebranded wow. at least three or four times at this point. But I was like, I need something all-inclusive, one page that I can manage because right now it's like me and a possible. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, you know, and no, no, thank you. Thank you for sharing because, like I said, we need this type of community, this type of um, resources. Because, like you said, even if back in the day, if that was the case, if you had that, probably your experience would be better. And I think the idea is to get everybody same page and have a good experience. So let's let's talk about your college process. The reason I, li I like to ask this question is to say, okay, what was your dream job in high school? You know, so we, we, we dream about a lot of things, but at the end of the day, reality checked in and we're doing something else. So what was your dream job in high school? Um, I think I wanted to be a therapist. Yeah. And that's because I know I'm really good with people. I would have experiences where people just, they, I don't know, they feel comfortable enough to share. Um, so I went to college with, um, you know, to get a psych degree, which is what I did. But I also, I struggled in college. Like it wasn't, I'm, I'm smart. You know, that's, yeah. that's not a question, but I struggled with just support. I struggled with structure. You know, it's really hard to navigate. You know, we talk about being first generation when yeah. there, there's, there's a benefit when you have parents that have experienced certain things before you, cause they can help you navigate, navigate so, yeah. you know, but when you don't have that type of support, you know, a lot of my um, experiences have been me counseling myself, you know, or I try to, mm. that's another thing when I talk about being resourceful. It's like I have to figure out how to get the information and I don't I don't you know, I don't get it the way other people get it. I have to, you know, I got to take this, take that and kind of figure out, you know, what you know, what am I going to take? What am I going to use? And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But for me, I definitely I definitely, definitely struggled with school. So I it took me a number of years to finish college and it took me three schools to finish college, you know, and it was something yeah. that I felt a lot of shame about. Um, 
back then. And I'm like, but now I'm like able to talk about it because I realize it is helpful to other people. But yeah, I thought I wanted to be a therapist, you know, first job after I really graduated. Um, I worked at, um, I worked at a, it was like a homeless agency for young people. And eventually it took some time. I worked up to case manager, which was, sim- it wasn't, you. I wasn't doing therapy, but you still have to counsel people. And I learned very quickly, like, this is not, <laughs> this is not it. I want to help okay. people, but not in that capacity. So, so uh, was it um, difficult for you? And you mentioned that um, navigating to college where, um, sometimes uh, if your parents are help, like they can help in terms of telling you, oh, what to do. Or sometimes your parents say, oh, we want you to go to college, but they right. don't give you that um, pressure or they don't give you that roadmap saying, okay, this is where you need to be. This is what you need to do. Right. So can you tap into your process or applying for college, all that? Mm-hmm. Um. So it was always understood in my household that you're going to college. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that was right there. You know, I remember a friend in high school was like, I decided to go to college. And I just thought, like, you decided like, okay, But yeah, it was it was very clear, like. Everybody's going to college. Yeah. Now, you know, Haitian people, they're very much the basics, like. You go to you, you know, in Boston, it's like go to UMass, UMass. Go, there, go there. And I'm like, you know, I mentioned I had different experiences. One of my experiences, I um in high, I grew up in Cambridge. They have a yeah. summer youth employment program, you know, the mayor's program. And one of my I think the second summer I participated, there was like a nonprofit um, organization that was actually uh, created by another Cambridge native. It was called the National um, Black College Association. And essentially it was like they got funding, bring all these black kids together. We were Cambridge kids going up to Roxbury every day in the summer. And, you know, we were just learning about black history. All of our mentors were HBCU. They were current HBCU students. So, you know, I was definitely um, I was, um, you know, I was exposed to that at that age. And so it made yeah. me like, I'm going to go to HBCU too. And then the other experience too, that really cemented it for me was, you know, people have their thoughts about Cambridge, but I had a very black experience in Cambridge. I grew up in public yeah. housing and it was all black and brown people. We were yeah. in places, you know, it was very diverse, but we were all black and brown. And I went to elementary school, it was predominantly African-American. I went to CRLS, which is like the one public high school in Cambridge. And it Cambridge, was huge. Yeah. yeah. And this was at the time you could, they had five small, you know, they broke the school into five smaller schools. And so you got to pick which school you wanted to be. And of course I chose the one that was the blackest because it was the lit, you know, yeah. it, was all the, it was full of people. And I, I was smart, but I wanted to have fun, you know, I'm not yeah. trouble, but I want to know what's going on. And so, you know, I, I was, I was kind of really just kind of coasting by just doing enough. And I remember my, um, my history teacher, by the time I got to junior year, she was like, you need to be an AP and history and English. And I'm like, AP what? Like, I don't, you know? Um, And so I lost that battle because I wasn't trying to do it. But then they were like, well, we need to get permission from your parents to not let you, you know, if you don't want to be in these classes. And can you imagine what Haitian parent is? They're telling your kid needs to be in the advanced program. And they're going to be okay with you not being in it. Like, I already knew, like, I can't even... That's not 
<laughs> that's, that's not a winning battle. So yeah. I was like, all right. So I did that, but it was my first experience being like a minority, you know. Yeah. So that didn't sit well with me at all. So I was like, oh, I'm for sure going to HBCU. Yeah. yeah. And so I, and you know, my mom, my uncle, all these people, they were just like, oh, you mass. And you know, that's the American part. Like, I'm going to think for myself. I'm not going to do what y'all think I should do. <laughs> that was me at least. I can't say that. I know. But me, I've always been very like, if I want to do something, that's what I'm going to do. Like, you know, I'm not disrespectful about it. No, that's the culture too. And yeah. That's the way know? it is. I'll let you think what you're going to think, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do at the end of the day. So I applied to um, only five schools. Howard was one of them. I got in and actually had never visited. So it's Mm kind of like, I just realized last week, I was like, wait, this is the second time I did that in life. Like I didn't visit DC. I didn't visit Howard. Honestly, had I visited, I probably wouldn't went. But (laughs) I left myself in DC at an HBCU and I was there, you know? And so, you know, one thing about me, once... I've committed I am yeah. committed we're gonna ride it out and so but I definitely struggled just you know I, I don't think I had the discipline I didn't have the support I didn't you know there was no one to really be like this is what to expect what to do this is how you navigate so it was definitely a huge learning curve yeah. yeah eventually I came back I had to take classes at Bunker Hill um, and then eventually you know re-enrolled at UMass Boston and I finished there the difference then between you know going to Howard and then coming having to finish at a PWI is that you know at Howard you get you know people like to say about HBCUs or whatever that you know they'll say well it's not diverse or it's not the real world and I feel like those are very anti-black statements yeah um, I think especially if you are a black person who's grown up in, you know, an environment like the United States, like, you know, there's a benefit, you know, there's a buffer when you grow up in a black country or, country. You, know, yeah. you know, because whether you're poor or you're rich, it's like you've been that layer of racism isn't as a parent. And, you know? yeah. um, and I see it with my parents, like, you know, they come here, they don't these moon blonde like they don't really yeah, think yeah. about that you know eventually there's situations <laughs> they that do bring their thing life, yeah yeah but they don't have that consciousness sometimes and that's why they're able to navigate better i think um but yeah being in an hbcu environment it's like you know there was black people from all different countries different parts of you know different parts of this country different parts of the world well, yeah different socioeconomic backgrounds you know that was a big thing for me because you know i grew up in the project so you know i'm used to I'm a project baby so yeah. I'm used to, you know but then being around people who like their parents own mcdonald's and they own Boundstones and they have this and they have that you know i remember um one of my work studies i i'll never forget this because it, it's actually quite funny but the girl was um nigerian yeah and she had she had come from nigeria to dc for school but it was the first time for her like having to work for a living yeah, having to yeah, struggle and yeah. I remember we were we were working together and one day she just started <laughs> crying and she was like just wow. talking about how ghetto it was and she's like I've never had a struggle like this so it's like you you're like oh wow there's people who yeah, different. Completely different life than me. So, you know, you get past the whole black thing because being black might be the only thing we have in common. It's coming, yeah. And that's it. So when I came back, you know, you, you kind of get you're like meshed into this thing and you get affirmed and you you learn so much. And so when I'm 
going back to the real world, a, a UMass where I'll go into a classroom and maybe it's a hundred students and there's like six of us are black. I don't mm. really care because I'm like, I just need to get what I need to get. Let's and then I'm go. Yeah. So, so looking at these experiences, how did they shape you like who you are now? Like, um, how did they help you, like you said, allow you to navigate or maybe feel comfortable or go to, like, go get what you need to be, be like, um, not being afraid to what people think or just go mind your business? Um, I think it's made me, you know, um... Honestly, I realize I've had to navigate so many different worlds mm. that it, it's. I think it's made me more comfortable, you know, talking to people. I don't have, I don't have like that. The only time I'm like that is because I just don't feel like talking. talking but yeah. <laughs> other than that, I don't have a problem talking to anybody. You okay. know, I don't have a problem being able to connect with people. And I think I'm pretty relatable. And I think that comes from having been exposed to so many different things. And yeah. I think it started at home. It started being, you know, people ask, like, what's your first language? I'm like, I don't know. It could have been English. It could have been Korean. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you know, but like having to literally having to navigate these different worlds like you navigate being Haitian you navigate being I guess black American you navigate you know you're poor but you hang you know you're in Cambridge so you see rich people like you know yeah. you're exposed to different things and and <clears throat> I, mean, I was exposed to different cultures as well so I think it makes you more worldly and that you're more aware you know um and so I think it served me because I really you know I I care about Black struggle. I care about all people's struggles, but I realize yeah. I can make an impact in the in in my own community. And I think you know, experiencing Cambridge and really Greater Boston, and then being in DC because it wasn't just Howard and being at an HBCU. It was being in a city that city. was predominantly African at that yeah. time, you know, and um, and then having to come back. So like. You know, my, the social scene in D.C., like, you know, you go to sleep and then you wake up with flyers underneath your door for different parties. And I remember um, I would save the flyers and like yeah. as like decorations. So I'd keep adding them on the back of the door. Like by the end of the semester, it was like this whole wall, flyers, you know, so so much more to do. And then coming to Boston, it was like a very you know, different experience. Settle, yeah. Yeah, you know, because in D.C., I was like, you you could have, and I think that speaks to the different types of Black experiences, right? Because I think sometimes the word, even the word Black is just kind of used, it's just a blanket, but it's yeah. like, what type of Black are we talking about? Because I had those experiences in college, too. Like, I remember um, I had a associate, then she, this is when MySpace was still yeah. popular, <laughs> and, you know, people used to send around these, like, different, um, you know, these little things to sign, like, petitions, and there petition, was one yeah. that was, like, to me, was a very anti-immigrant petition, you know, but her being, like, Black American, you know, to them when they think immigrant, they think Latino, you know, they have a certain look. So, yeah. And I'm like reading this, like, do you know who I am? Like, I'm like, you know, like they're not taking your jobs. I'm like, y'all are not scrubbing toilets and, yeah. and old people's behinds and driving cabs. Like, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. like, 
just that awareness, you know, so of of different what it means to be black is not a monolith, you know, and I feel like that's something too. Like I wanna, I haven't really tapped into, but I yeah. want, I would like to do some work around that, like really creating community and have dialogue. Because I think there are some conversations that definitely yeah, definitely need to be had, you know. Because I yeah. hear it on both sides, you know. Because yeah. people get comfortable with me, and I'd be like, "Hold up, you know." Like, <laughs> so I don't, I don't play it on either side. But um, I, I think all of those different spaces I've had to navigate. Where, to be honest, I didn't really quite fit in. I, I've never mm. been in a space where I felt a hundred percent like oh, I fit in here. Because when I'm wow. around you know, Haitian people, like I love my family and stuff like that. I'm like, dang, yeah. girl, you, you real American, you know, like certain, <laughs> this and, you know, growing up, um, my parents, they would give me a lot of whatever, but there were certain things like I used to take, you know, cause they'll say like, you know, they like to say like American kids, they, they don't have manners. Right. Yeah. Yes. I didn't like the idea of having to kiss everybody. So I used to come in with the high, you know, you know, and I still do that sometimes. I I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I'm laughing. Just... No, it's okay. But I would use it to my advantage because I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm <laughs> and I just like, I don't like to do that. I don't want to touch oh, you. Wow. I don't like this person, but you want me to hug them. So I'm gonna use that to my advantage. So right. I come in and I'm gonna hit you with the high. It's not even a bossoir. I'd be like, hi. That way that you know, because then my mom be a little embarrassed and she'd be like, mm-hmm. in. That's how they are. <laughs> So they, you know, it wow. kind of shut down the expectation. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> it's on the cheek, you know. Oh uh, wow, Genevieve, that, that that's, that's a good yeah, one. That's a oh, I, I know they see it, so they do it a lot. Um, and I can see they're not comfortable, but at the end of the day, we were used to it. Um, let, let's go to break now. So let's get to break, and quickly we're gonna go to um hot topic after that. So this is Eddie Dasius with um Genevieve today talking about the career we excited to have her so let's go and break now what comes before making a smart decision choices a smart choice is the best option which is who we are that's why our clients expect more from us and in turn get more in everything we do we understand the problem that's why we thrive for excellence We don't just create a winning culture. We aspire to be a smart choice, a voice for solutions. We believe in integrity, professionalism, and teamwork. Our passion is to bring results for our clients by working harder, smarter, and faster. As a team, we always deliver because we recognize your needs. Choosing smart influences us to be the best version of ourselves. That makes us different than other companies. It makes us confident in achieving our goals. It makes us who we are. And it makes us DFM, the smart choice. Yes, DFM, the smart choice. Call them now, 617-237-0106 or go online, www.fm.com. Like we said, we still have our special guest, Genevieve today. She's uh, talking about um, a career, but we, we're going to get into a hot topic. Hot topic, this is a segment where um, we talk about important topics, questions uh, related to career, a question our audience wouldn't have a chance to ask you. Let's go with Hot Topic now. (laughs) 
so i have a good one for you so hopefully you take your time take your time in this with this question and this is an important question i've been trying to ask all my guests these questions how important is it for you as a black woman to succeed I mean, I think it's important regardless of who I am, but um, I think as a Black woman, I think it's important because I think when one of us, at least for me, because I have had experiences where I've seen the opposite, but it's not just about me. Um, I feel like if I can get myself in a you know, a better situation, when I succeed, you inspire other people. You know, I think about legacy as well. So I think about, you know, my own children that when I have them that, you know, they won't have to struggle in certain ways that I struggled. I think about the people in proximity to you that you do affect, whether you just inspire them by your own story or, you know, even being able to put them in a position, you know, um, to to be able to um, succeed as well. And then I think about, you know, I think financially, I'm, I'm, and I'm defining success in this particular, like just financially, like having money means like you can, you have more options and you can do things. So things, yeah. you know, one of the things I really want to do is I want to be able to fund other people's projects. You know, I want to be able to create programs that, you know, you know, I believe in planting seeds around you mm. and, and being able to be, that person because I think about you know despite my own struggles and when I tell you it was hard you know if it wasn't you know certain people certain situations you know even that program for example that was someone's idea the National Black College had this person you know never moved forward with it got funding created programming you know that my the whole trajectory of my life could have been really different you know what I mean and so I think that's why it's important because you can change, you literally can change not just your life, but you can really affect change in so many other people's lives. It's, it's like a ripple effect, you know? Yeah, and, and thank you for sharing this and your answer is accurate. And what I think is, what is what do it take to really have a, a big community like focus on the mission for the community, like um, the other vibe. What will it take you to really get to where you need to be? What will it take? Yeah, like for you. I need money. (laughs) I need money, I need resources. You know, um, what has been different about being in a new environment. So being from Boston, you know, know, I'm from Boston. So I'm like, if I want to sell T-shirts and I can make money, you know, selling T-shirts, I don't think anything's wrong with that. But even me coming into Houston, I'm like, I'm not from here. I may be black and I'm, yeah, I'm talking about the black community, but I'm also very aware of being a transplant. I'm very aware that I'm an outsider. You know, I'm very aware that, you know, even, you know, there's, you know, reverse migration. I think the pandemic over a million people have moved from the north to the south. You know, people like we've changed, you know, we've changed a lot of things for people who live here. Like, you know, to me, I've, I've the right here is great to me, you know, but to them, this is like, no, we've seen it jump a couple hundred dollars because you people from the north or from California are willing to come down here and pay 
these prices, which, you know, changes people. So I'm aware of that. And so I definitely, it's, it's caused me to think about, well, what does my presence mean in the community? And Mm. you know, you'll see, I have merch, but I have Boston merch. I could easily already created merch and start selling a Houston theme, the same thing. And eventually that is the plan. But I, in my mind, I'm like, I, I need to figure out, you know, what is going, what am I going to contribute to the community to make it better before I sit here and I start, you know, benefiting off of the community? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm supposed to just put money in my pocket. Um, but yeah, those are just some thoughts. So, um, and, and I'm glad, uh, and I'm, uh, it's okay to say that's what you need because usually mm-hmm. up in a community where our community needs a lot of help, we need money, you know, we need everything possible in terms of resources. Mm-hmm. So do you think, look, let's say we go back, we go to the future, right? Maybe five years down in the future mm-hmm. and everything worked out. What, what would you think will be the reason um, the other vibe will be impacting the target community? you have in mind um what would be the reason i mean i think honestly consistency yeah probably the most important thing you know my my journey i've definitely struggled with that but as i've you know there's things i used to be so insecure about when i first started or you know you see someone else doing something and you're like oh i don't have that or i'm not able to do that and then to be here six years later and some of these things don't even exist it's taught me um you know time really tells all like time yeah. is the real the real thing and it's like and really it doesn't matter how talented you are talent helps obviously but if you're not disciplined if you're not consistent you know someone who's not as talented but is consistent can go a lot further than someone who's very talented but not consistent and so to me that's what I tell myself is just more important to be consistent than to be perfect um, in terms of what will while why it would succeed or in five years what, what the reason would be I think I'm I think it's me I think I'm meant to like I really feel like it's destined like there's just certain situations in my life that happen that I'm like, this is not real life. Like, this is my life. Like, you know, mm. and I know it's, it's God orchestrating things. I don't always appreciate it. I'm not always yeah. <laughs> happy about it. I don't always care for his timing of things mm. or how he does things. But I know that there's things that happen for me, um, you know, a lot of things, you know, they're happening to us, but they're really happening for us. For us yeah. That's kind of the mindset. And I think, you know, as much as I've tried to walk away or I even put it down, like I put this thing down when I moved here, I stopped everything. I haven't done anything. And granted, wow. I'm trying to get it together and there's some struggles there, but it's like, it's crazy that, you know, I stepped back just trying to see, you know, maybe someone else will step up and fill the need or do mm. whatever. And, you know, I'm looking around like, well, nobody's done it so I guess it's my lane you know? yeah and I also realized too is just like I said I feel like I'm the I am I'm the um common denominator in all of this like you know I, something I've struggled with is always feeling like I was the underdog like I'm always last I'm always struggling the most I always have the most need but yet I built this thing and sometimes too you know someone had to point out to me 
you know, the brand itself, you go on social media and it looks really good. People think it's a whole, you know, a whole team here and it's not. It's just yeah. right now, you know, and I'm grateful for that because, you know, and I think this goes back to my background, back to being that first generation Haitian American, that little girl in the projects. It's like having to figure out how to do doing more with less. And that's mm. something that I think sets me apart is because despite not having what other people have or having to, you know, go about it a different way to get the same results, I still can, yeah. I can still produce much more, you know? And I think for me, it's about faith. It's about being consistent. It's about, you know, also being in your lane. Cause a lot of times I think people do things. <laughs> yeah. That's not even what you're meant to be doing. You're yeah. Just you see someone else doing it. If that's not for you, that's not for you. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think being authentic is important too. So. Uh, well said, well said. So we get into the end of this episode and I'm very excited. Uh, I, I was excited when we finally agreed to meet and this is this is the day we did it and I learned a lot because at the end of the day what I what always got to my mind is the drive what's what people are passionate about. All right so um, last word for you last words um it's gonna sound so cliche but it's like don't give up mm. um and i i you know i mentioned earlier like the advice and some of the feedback and the rejection and i know i haven't even touched what i'm supposed to touch but i'm so grateful that i didn't give up back then you know because i wouldn't have seen any of this and and it's not even just oh i have this i have that or the money it's honestly the development of myself yeah. and just what it's done for me as an individual so i really encourage like if you have something like for me that you go to sleep thinking about you wake up thinking about and it's like no matter what you try to do you try to ignore it or walk away and you can't it's like you you owe it to yourself to see it through and to give it your all so uh, thank you. Is, is there a question you wish I asked you today? <laughs> um, where? How can people support me? And yes. the way they can support me? Yes. If <laughs> you can um, follow the other vibe, subscribe to our events list. You can do that on the website, right on the homepage. Follow on social media. It's the other vibe on Instagram. I think it's the other vibe. Oh, one on. Twitter, but we're most active on Instagram right now. And then also just sharing, sharing the information, tell your friends to tell your friends and purchase some merch. Right yes. on the website, theothervibe.com, right there at uh, where it says shop merch on the top right. Yep. And, and now we offer drop shipping because I was doing it the hard way. Like I wow. was here going to a vendor, picking up the merch and mailing it myself. And now it's like I made it simpler for myself. So, um, definitely support. All right, so thank you, Genevieve. Appreciate the time. Like I said, I had a I had a blast. And this is Eddie Dasius with Divine Puppet Podcast. We had um Genevieve today um talking about the passion and check out the other vibe. All right, so thank you. Thank you.